So we're in there, our series called The Comeback. And if you have a Bible, turn to Revelations 2, 2 through 5. Revelations 2, 2 through 5. And then also flip to Acts 2, 40 through 47. Revelations 2, 2 through 5. And Acts 2, 40 through 47. And Revelations 2 says, I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You've discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Amen. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove the lampstand from its place among the churches. In uh, Acts 2, 40 through 47. Because here he says, return to your first works. And so to do what they did, we must see what they did at first, right? 40 through 47, it says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from uh, this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Come on. I believe in God that one day we will have a church service where 3,000 people get saved. Amen? And they can, uh, and, uh, then those who gladly received him were baptized... And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily. Come on, somebody say daily. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, that's where we're at right now, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, I would love for you to title this message, Coming Back to Community coming back to community. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you would speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one be the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Coming back to community. I, I love this because it said that they met in the temple, but they also met from house to house. Uh, there was a man who was, um, uh, he was having a conversation with God, and God told him, you know what, you've been doing really well, I'm just really proud of you, and so, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something for you, I'm going to grant you a wish. And uh, he said, okay, God, well, I'll tell you what I would like. He said, I would love for you to build me a bridge from my house to Hawaii, God said, you know, that's impossible. Why, that, that, you know how the undertaking of that is just ridiculous to even think that. It's, that's so much to do. It's, it, think of something else. Do something else. He said, okay, well, Lord, I've been married four times. And um, if you could help me understand women, all their ins and outs and, and, and all their thinking and all of that, if you could just help me to understand that, 
I would really appreciate, uh, appreciate it very much. And God said, would you like that bridge to be two lane or four lane? Because nobody understands, oh, y'all are with me. Uh, anyway, speaking of Hawaii, there's a, there's a bird that, uh, that flies to Hawaii from Alaska twice a year. And uh, it's called a golden plover, and it's, and it's an amazing bird. It's very small, not very big at all. And, uh, but, but the thing about this bird is, is that it makes an over 2,000-mile journey twice a year without stops. There's nothing between uh, Alaska and Hawaii. They just make this flight, and they do it every year. The scientists were baffled by this. They couldn't figure out how in the world something so small could make such a long flight. They, they kept trying to figure it out. And, and uh, so, they, they, of course, you know, like scientists do, they dissected it. They, they tried to study the bird and try to study, study its migration uh, patterns and all of this stuff. And they found that the bird was able to stockpile fat like many of us, come on, somebody, we can stockpile, and uh, it's able to, that's, hey, I'm just saving up for winter, y'all don't judge, uh, but it's able to stockpile fat over and over and over, and it puts on a whole bunch of weight before it makes this long flight, because it takes, uh, it takes thousands and thousands of calories for it to be able to make it, and so it's able to stockpile all this fat, but the scientists discovered that it could not make it on its fat reserve alone. There wasn't enough energy for it to make it that entire flight. So they, they kept researching and kept studying and kept researching and kept studying. And finally, a, a scientist realized something. The reason why it is able to make the, the flight and have reserves when it lands in Hawaii and not just fall on its banks dead is because of this. It simply flies with other people. It flies with other birds. It does not take this journey alone. It doesn't, it doesn't take off alone. It doesn't fly the route alone. It keeps going with like birds just like it. It keeps on going and keeps on going. And the truth is, is its strength is not found in itself. Its strength is found in unity. And I, I think that a lot of times we miss this. We, we get into this thing where we think, I can do this on my own. I don't need anybody else. I can handle it on, our, on my own. But I'm telling you, we have a saying in this church, and if you look at your worship guide, you'll see it, that you were made to belong. And the truth is, is that we really believe that God never intended for you to take this journey called life on your own. We honestly believe this, that we are better together. I'm better because you're here. You're better because I'm here. I don't care what you say. That's just the way it is. God wants you to be with somebody who encourages you, who builds you up, who lifts you up, who, 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 who is always cheering you on. That's what God wants. Even Jesus, whenever he sent out the disciples and, and they were going out to minister, he didn't send them out one by one. He sent them out two by two. Because he knew that you need somebody to say, it's going to be okay, you're going to make it. Coming back to community, it's important that we understand that community is what God wants. Not to come in and just sit down in a pew and then sneak out and, and not ever say hi to anybody, never meet anybody, but to actually get involved. I, and I'm going to be really honest with you to, today, that my job today is I want to, for you to make community groups a part of your life. Some of you are like, oh no. You don't understand. I, 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 
I, I understand everybody has excuses, and I know what excuses are like. Come on. The thing is, is that everybody has a reason why they can't. And, and let me just go ahead and, and, and preface this by saying, I understand that some excuses are really legitimate. I really do understand that. But we are adding, every semester we're adding, uh, we're adding new community groups so that, so that we're trying to get them to where they fit in your schedule and they work for you. We're always, and we're trying to add stuff. We're adding running groups. We, come on, we have running group. We have men's group. We have mom's group. We have normal group. We have all of these groups that are going on. We have youth groups. Come on, my youth, where are you at? You got, we have youth groups. We have all of these things that are happening because we want you to have a place where you can go in and, and meet somebody and develop friendships. I, I, let's just go through some of the excuses. I was sitting down and I was thinking about this, and, and I think some, here's some of the excuses. There might be more, and, and, uh, but the number one excuse I think that uh, a lot of people would say is this, I don't need it. I don't need it. And, and I think the, the main person that makes this excuse is men. Because, come on, we're men. I don't need relationships. What? I'm married. I don't need another relationship in my life. Their marriage is complicated enough. Come on, I, I don't need somebody else to talk to. And uh, my, how many guys out there you understand that you can ride for four hours with your best friend and never say a word? And you get home and your wife goes, "What y'all talk about?" You're like, "Nothing." And they cannot understand how four hours can pass by and not a word or anything. The world is not conquered. Nothing's been discussed. It's just, oh, we had a great time. It was fun. We didn't say a word, but it was awesome. (laughs) But there's something about being with your best friend that makes the trip better. Most people would say this. Uh, There's a lot of people out there that say, well, I don't need it. Uh, Muhammad Ali was uh, flying to a fight, and, uh, and, and the fastened seatbelt light came on, and the stewardess came around, and, and he, didn't, he didn't have his seatbelt fastened, and, he, and she said, uh, excuse me, sir, uh, the fastened seatbelt light sign just came on, the captain wants you to fasten your seatbelt, and uh, he said, ma'am, I don't know if you know this or not, but Superman don't need no seatbelt. She leaned down and said, Superman don't need an airplane either. Come on. There's a lot of people that sit back and they think, I got this on my own. I don't need anybody else. How many times have you heard this? I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. I don't need anybody. I don't need relationships. I don't need help. The truth is, is there's not one person out there that is self-made. Because at some point in your life, you needed somebody to feed you. You needed somebody to to change your diaper. You needed somebody to wrap you up and keep you warm. There was somebody, I don't know who it was, that came along and made sure that you made it. And I'm telling you this, that there is no self-made people because God knows this, that you need somebody to help you, to protect you, to bring you out. That's good preaching, amen. The second reason, fear. What will happen if I go? I, I think this is, this is something for everybody because I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm pretty introverted. 
right? I, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't really, I'm pretty happy just stay at home by myself. I'm, I'm pretty good, you know, but I do like, I, I got a couple of people that I like around me, but I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty introverted. If you leave me by my, my, by, uh, at the house by myself, I get super lonely and I'm like, but if I have my wife there and my kids there, I'm pretty happy. And, uh, but, but, uh, but I, th- I think my wife's always dragging me to stuff and I'm like, man, I don't want to go. And, and I, and I don't know what, but a lot of people have a fear of what's going to happen if I show up at a community group. Like you think that people are going to, everybody's going to meet you at the front door and they're going to open it and there's going to be this big crowd. Welcome. Come on in. And, and they're going to grab you by the hand and take you and set you in the middle of the room in a chair and they're going to circle around you and there's going to be candles lit and they're going to make you confess all of your sins. That's crazy. We don't do that till the second week. And really a lot of people have that and it, 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 it honestly it's a legitimate fear but the truth is is you know what you're what you're saying and, and, and that is a completely ridiculous thought but the truth is what you're saying is I'm afraid somebody might find out I'm not perfect I'm afraid somebody might find out that we have issues, that we have things going on. And the truth is, is that you're afraid of something. What, what, if, what if they know that, that, that I've had struggles in my marriage? What if they know that I have struggles personally? And the truth is, is that I know a lot of people in this church that have struggles, and I love them. And I understand that it's just part of life. Come on, we're all on a journey. We're all making it. We're all going from, from glory to glory. We're not there yet. We haven't arrived. I haven't arrived yet stop thinking what if they find out that I'm not perfect and start thinking man what if what if what if somebody can help me you know I one of the most two of the most amazing people that I've ever had we we were uh, that came to our launch team meeting were uh David and Valerie Brand and if for those of you that know David and Valerie they're super sweet but they're pretty, they're really introverted. They're very quiet and, and they just, they're happy. They fly under the radar. They make, you know, they make friends, but it's just, they're just really quiet. And, uh, and they came up, we're having our launch team meeting. They saw a Facebook ad and they came up to the door, not knowing anybody, walk in and start meeting people. And, and they've been with us since nearly the very beginning because they were willing to get rid of old fear and say, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen if I go. What if people started, what happens if I, what would happen if I just go? And what happens if I make friends? And what happens if people love me? And what happens if people care about me? Now then, here they are. They just launched a small group in their own home. And they're doing exactly what they came into. Come on, you got to get rid of your fear and understand that God does not want you to do this journey called life alone. The third thing that I want to show you is past experience. Someone you let close to you hurt you badly. And now you've made this, you've come in and you've said, "I, I will never let anybody close again. I'm going to build a wall so that nobody can get in. Because if nobody can get in, they can't hurt me. 
If nobody can get through, then there, there's no, there, there, that pain will never happen to me again. And listen, listen, I've been hurt by people that are close to me. I've been, I've been uh, trust me, I'm a pastor's son. I've, been, I've seen my dad stabbed in the back by best friends. And, I've, and, I've, and, and it's one of those things where it hurts. There's no pain like it. But let me tell you this, that the devil, that is not, uh, that is not something that happened to you by accident. Because the devil knows this, that if, he, if, he, if you get in relationship with people, if you become friends with people, that you're going to be able to conquer more. Come on. The Bible says if one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Because the, 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 the enemy knows this, that when you begin to pair up and when you become friends and when you begin to get into relationship, not only are you stronger, but your faith walk is stronger. The church is stronger. They, and the enemy will do anything he can to keep you from relationship past experience it wasn't random the fourth and this is the most common and I think this one affects everybody in here it affects everything in your life honestly it affects your uh, your kids it affects your marriage it affects everything that you do and that's this busyness Busyness. Come on. When you go up to somebody and you ask them, hey, how are you doing? They say, oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm busy. Ooh, got a lot going on. I'm too busy. Busyness. We, we get to this place to where we say yes to task and no to relationships. Come on. You know what I'm saying. You, you'll pick up overtime and you won't see your kids for two weeks. Because well, I gotta. I, I'm busy. I gotta make money. I gotta. I gotta have more. I gotta have this. I gotta do this. And and the truth is, is that you have all these toys and you can't play with any of them because you're too busy. And the most important thing in your life is the relationships that are in your life. It's the, it's the relationships that God has placed. And and I understand that a lot of people have these things where they're like, man, I, I don't get off work. I've had people that say, you know what, I, I don't get off work until 6 or 7 o'clock at night, so I can't make it. You know what, we came up with a group for you. We have one, uh, we, we have a, a men's group on, on Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. Get your butt up and get to a group. But, the, but busyness will wear you down and keep you out. Uh, I, I, we, just so you know, we have three semesters. Our, our, our small groups run in, in three semesters. And they all have a start. They all have a stop. And the, the, uh, the great thing is, is you can always go anytime. I've, I've had people that have come one time during the whole thing and say that because life has been busy and they haven't been able to do it. But you know what you would get? What you get with that is you get your name on a list, and we pray for you by name. It's every week we pray for you by name, and, and where else are you going to get that? You've got people around you that are praying for you, that love you, that you can pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm really struggling in this. Get in a group. Here's some reasons why I think that you need to get into a group. The first reason is this. You need someone, and someone needs you. You need someone, and someone needs you. I, um, we were having uh, our, our community group, and we were all sitting around and talking. And at the very end, we always ask this question, does anybody have any prayer requests? And, uh, and we're kind of going around the room. 
And all of a sudden, the lady in our, our, our church, she, she raised her hand and she said, yes, I, I have a prayer request. I just found out that I have, the doctor said I had cancer. And of course, that's a devastating thing and, and everybody's kind of like, but what was amazing was this, is that in that very room, there were two women that have been through the exact same thing. And so they come, up, they come up to her and they begin to say, hey, you know what? I went through it and I want you to know that God saw me through, that I came out on the other side. I, 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 I want you to understand that this is not the end, but God is going to see you through. And they begin to pray for her and they begin to encourage her. And it was somebody that she could pick up the phone when everything was going wrong and they could say, hey, listen, we need, I need your prayer. I, I'm discouraged. I need help. The truth is, is that you need someone and someone needs you. You've been through things in life, and there's people that are going through the exact same thing. Don't sit back and say, well, I've been there, done that. Say, I've been there, I've done that, and God has brought me through. I've been there, I've done that. Don't you quit. Don't you give up. You keep pushing on. You keep pressing on. God will see you through. You need someone, and someone needs you. The second thing I want you, the reason I think that you should come is this. You can't see your blind spot. Mm, you can't see it. Everybody in here has a blind spot. Everybody in here. Uh, I was working, I worked for Longview Fire Department, and uh, I had a guy that I worked with, and uh, we were riding the ambulance together, and we're cruising along, and you know, we're having a good time, good day, everything's going good, we're going back to the station, and I'm talking to him, and every now and then he starts kind of laughing. And I'm like, what are you laughing about? He's like, nothing. And uh, we keep talking, and he goes on again. He starts laughing. I go, what are you laughing about? He's like, nothing, man, nothing. Get out of the, get out of the, we get back to the station, get out of the ambulance, and I walk in. One of my good friends, Josh, is sitting there. And he goes, hey, Sparks, you got a booger. Come on, don't act like you've never had a booger. So I look at the guy that I'm riding with, and I said, why didn't you tell me? He goes, because I thought it was funny. I said, how long has it been? He said, since the start of the call. You need somebody to point out you got a booger. Because you can't see it. You need somebody to point out, come on, when the fly is down. You need somebody. The, the truth is, is that everybody in here you, has a blind spot. You need somebody in your life that loves you enough to say, you're in a bad relationship. Don't date that guy. How, how many times have you seen people and you're like, why are they dating them? What is going on? Why would you do that? Because you're setting back. They have a blind spot. They're blinded by love. They think that they're in love and they can't see. You need somebody in your life that will say, hey, listen, this is, I love you. This is, relationship ain't cool. Because everybody has a blind spot. You need somebody that will be honest with you. Somebody that'll love you. And here's the thing is, this doesn't happen the first day in group. You don't come into community group and, oh, oh, all of a sudden we're BFFs. 
It doesn't happen that way. But when you begin to show up and you begin to make friendships and people begin, you, you, you just start talking. And now, now we have people that get together all the time and they hang out. And it didn't start out that way. It started out by them showing up at the same community group and talking a little bit here and a little bit there. And all of a sudden, now they have somebody in their corner that's willing to point out their blind spot. The last thing is this, you need someone to see your potential. You need somebody to see your potential. Relationships are are one of those things where I've always had people that have pointed out my potential. And and, and it's an amazing thing because we were, Benny Perez is one of our overseers. And uh, I was there with him and I was, I was sitting in his office, and I had a meeting with him. We were just talking and hanging out. And uh, this was before we ever thought about planning a church or becoming senior pastors, anything. We're just talking to him about life and how things are going. And he looks across the table, and he said, Brian and Crystal, I want you to understand something. There's so much more in you than you realize. And it's time for you to start stepping out and doing what God has called you to do. You're called to more. You're called to pastor. And he just began to speak life into a situation that didn't even exist yet. And began to say, you, you, and, and at that point, we had never even seen ourselves as more than a youth pastor. We had never seen ourselves as going beyond that. And because somebody in, that I was in relationship with, that I had a covenant with, came along beside me and said, you know what? There's more in you than you realize. And saw the potential. Come on, the church, Roy City, was born that day because somebody saw potential. Because somebody said you have more in you. You have more in you. There's a Zambian proverb that says this. When you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. I want you to run far. I'm not trying to build an empire of small groups. I'm not. But I do want you to have friends. And I want you to know that this right here, the Bible says that they met in the temple. This is what we do every Sunday. But then they met from house to house. The reason why they met from house to house is because they knew they needed community. They needed encouragement. They needed somebody that saw their blind spot. They knew that they might not need somebody right now, but there was somebody out there that needed them. And I just want to encourage you, give community groups a chance. The truth is, is that we, we, we love them. And we believe in them. We have a saying here that we are not a church with community groups. We are a church of community groups. That simply means this. We are made up of many different groups. 